Welcome back to another episode of the Spill the Dreams podcast with me, a gem. And I won't lie, I've missed you a little bit, but we're back. We are back with a bang, if I do say so myself. And today I'm joined by the incredible DJ Mads Diamond. And she's chatting all about life as a booked and busy DJ, securing guest mixes with the likes of BBC One Extra and Kiss FM. And working with brands that you might have heard of, a bit of Nike, a bit of Wembley for UA for 2020 and Too Faced Makeup. So let's get going. The first thing I actually want to know is I spotted on Instagram that you've been at Wembley doing a bit of something something. It's not the Euros, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was fully the Euros. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's insane. Um, well, I actually had to um, archive it from my uh, Instagram feed and then I put it back on. Um, but that was because basically they reached out to me to DJ in one of their lounges so they have like seven or eight lounges around the stadium wow um yeah so they asked me to do all of the games at Wembley so I did like three of the games and it was amazing and then I got COVID oh damn it in the middle of it oh no (laughs) so no I'm sorry but at least you got to do a couple right yeah I still I think I did three so I mean it was still an amazing experience and I guess the silver lining is they didn't win, so the the, the final wouldn't have like if they, it wouldn't have if slapped. Have won, you would have had yeah. to just turn off the decks and just uh, move on. So well, at least I you didn't think have to if deal I with was, that. If I'd have missed DJing at the final, which they won, it would have been like I missed that amazing moment where True. I kind of missed a bit of a negative moment. So. That's so that's a good way of looking at it. Anyway, I just yeah. had to get that out there because I was like, surely not. Like that's a big deal. And I, oh, I, that's why yeah. I was surprised I didn't Thank see you. more of it, but obviously the COVID. Yeah, they were really strict on like um, posting as well. Okay. But obviously as it's kind of finished, I was like, well, I a did it. Back out, so yeah, it's done. It on, what are they yeah. going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, amazing. Let's start from the top anyway. So when did you first realise you wanted to start DJing? So it was probably... Seriously, when I went into Nike in London and I remember seeing a DJ in there called Sarah Harrison and she was playing all hip hop and it was, I think it was kind of really the first time I'd ever seen a female DJ and I just thought, you are so flipping cool. Um, so How old were you then? I, that was three years, Is that oh, over three years ago now, yeah. Hold up, over so three years ago. this hasn't been a long process then? I mean, it felt kind of long, but no, I guess not. Like, it, I, I've kind of um, been obsessed with it since I started. Yeah. Um, so, like, people say you should kind of practice something for 10,000. I think it's 10,000 oh, hours before that. you become... Uh, yeah, I but... But I, I do uh. think it's that, like, when you divide that by the three years or whatever, or, or, or to, in ratio of three years, I definitely became kind of like obsessed with it in straight away so I would try and do like two hours of anything that kind of was to do with DJing Mm -hmm. from the moment I realized um but yeah that was that was the point that I was like okay that's what I want to do but I actually looked on my Twitter from years ago when I was about 16 or 15 yeah (laughs) and I tweeted something saying um I'm always DJ out of my friendship group. I should just be a DJ one day, and I tweeted it like twice. Like DJ Maddie Diamond. Bless DJ Maddie Diamond. Oh, that's so cute. So okay, so you decided a couple of years ago. I say I'm gonna go for it. Then what? Were you just like, all right, let's get buying stuff, let's get researching. Like, 
Where do you go from there? Yeah, I think the first thing I did was look research what controller to buy. And I ended up buying this CDJ Pioneer record box controller, which was around £200. And at the time, I think I, I think I put it on my credit card because I asked for my family and they were like, you've never, <laughs> you've never done anything to do music before. So um, they just didn't really take it seriously. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know, I just got this feeling I want to do it. And then there's a couple of places in London that you can have lessons, like, for instance, London Sounds Academy, which is, like, quite a big kind of prestigious mm. um, Did you place to learn. So I just paid, like, two, another £200 mm-hmm. to have um, two-hour lessons. So I just did that four, I think I did it four times. And that's where I kind of learned, like, the very, very basics. Mm. But it was just pretty much just pressing buttons and that's it but I mean <laughs> if you look at a DJ I mean for me a DJ deck I look at it and I'm like oh my god like it's literally like learning another language is how it looks yeah. that's how it looks I mean I still feel like that kind of like I kind of look at it as in it's like driving okay like, I can do that kind of everything. you can drive so you mm, can DJ questionable yeah. <laughs> All right, got it. So how do you know what to buy? So, all right, you've decided to do it. You've signed up to your course. Some things are like a thousand pounds, thousands of pounds. Some things are like a couple of hundred pounds. Like, does it make a big difference if you're starting out? Like, where do we begin? Yeah, obviously, I think you have to work with your budget. And even if you didn't have um, money to spend 200 pounds on lessons or anything, Mm. I would say for people that wanted to start and literally don't have that budget at all, there's places like Pirate Studios in London where you can hire the yeah. space with all the equipment. Yeah, I for know like 15 them. pounds. So just mm. rent it and you can rent it for like, what, a block period of time, teach yourself, see if it's your thing. Yeah. That's a good I mean, idea. and then I guess also like team up to ask someone like me who's got a bit more experience to like just come along with you. Um, I've got a couple of people I'm going to be doing that with soon. Um, obviously, just everything's been COVID. Been oh, of course. Of rubbish. course. I feel like, yeah, everything's been on pause. But as of, yeah. um, what is it, like three days time, four days time? Is it three days? I mean, it's it's very soon, right? We're going to be free. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared, scared, but ready. Scared, but ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you knew you wanted to be DJing. You bought your equipment. You had your lessons. And then what? Like, did once you were done with the lessons, you were ready to get out there and go? I think a lot of my kind of... Um, process and improvements and then opportunities came Mm. from posting a lot on Instagram so I don't have all of it up now but I used to post on my stories and then I'd post a lot on my feed if I did like a good transition Mm. and I used to start I made mixes and uploaded them to Mixcloud and uh, and then I kept just being available for opportunities as soon as I kind of felt slightly comfortable I was never really fully comfortable I just did it and yeah. failed and then and failed carried on Aww. well I mean like there's always failures I've definitely of had course. a few failures throughout so far like for instance one time I was DJing for an artist mm. and I basically had to play my music well her backing tracks off of my system mm. and they had a full like sound guy and everything and um, it was at Lund- uh, Camden Assembly, I think. So nice. it was quite a good like venue. Nice venue. Okay, what's gonna yeah. happen? 
no, no, I'm scared. But we were on stage together, basically did a little um, sound check. And then I unplugged my laptop to go upstairs and just took, mm. like, chat through everything. Came back on stage where everyone was there and went ready to watch. I mean, there wasn't, like, thousands of people or anything, but it was still enough to feel the embarrassment. And yeah. I went to, she was like, CJ, hit the track. And I was <laughs> like, okay, hit the track. Hit the track. And the track did not load no. so there was the sound just like was not coming through and no. I didn't know why and I'm pretty sure it was like the settings in my laptop or something so I just had to stand there on stage and be like I was like oh my oh. god stop and then the sound guy was oh, like oh I'm cringing I'm sorry tell me how to I know it was so embarrassing <gasps> I'm sorry then... oh it makes me shiver <laughs> oh it's okay it's, it's in like, the past it's in the past saying she's like hit the track it's okay this is why you do the warm-ups this was you doing warm-ups at camden when beyonce time comes you'll be ready (laughs) oh so then luckily this girl had the artist had her own laptop and plugged in um but obviously it was annoying and i had to stand on stage throughout her whole performance as well so i just was like hiding behind my desk you know what though it gives you a good story to tell we can mm. roll with that. You're like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> I in the, in that moment, I was literally thinking, I am the cover from. <laughs> oh well, you have you thriving yeah. now. You thriving. Kind of just forget about it. Yeah, okay. a little bit. All right, we won't mention it again. So, okay, you booked that. So, how did you, how do you book these things? So, you're available. You're on Instagram. You pretty much know what you're doing. Do you find like a niche? Do you have a niche that you had to discover for yourself? Um, yeah, I think it's quite hard with niches because unless you have something really distinctive sometimes it's a little bit difficult so like for at the start I was very much hip-hop and, and trap and stuff like that mm-hmm. and that's definitely very me but over time you kind of realize you can when you want to make money from it um, you have to do other events and often quite commercial stuff is what pays so I kind of broadened my music selection so basically I kind of I kind of labeled myself as like open format which means I play can play any genres and mm-hmm. that means I'm kind of available for a lot of stuff but I definitely think there is a benefit of having like a proper niche because then people are like yeah mad that does that Mm -hmm. whereas sometimes yeah I honestly feel like I'm still kind of figuring mine out and I wouldn't know I don't think people would know what my niche is Mm. but I don't think that's a massive problem like maybe I don't have to fit into them no Um, we'll see no you don't want to just fit in one lane you can be across all of them so mm. I guess, do you have to buy the music? I'm, I have yeah. no idea how it works. I'm learning today. Yeah, so at first I remember, what did I, I think I kind of maybe asked a few people if they could send me some music, like just to get you boosted up because it does take a while to download enough music for a gig, I guess. Mm. But, well, actually I did my first gig. There was like a place I went for a course called Crossfade. I'm not sure if they do it anymore, but basically we'd meet every Sunday for six weeks and there was like six of us and we would basically learn as a group to DJ. And the person that ran it, basically they would, one of them was learning to DJ and one of them was already a DJ. Mm. And they, it was a really good course because basically it was all planning towards a big, like, 
group gig at the end so they told that us sounds to choose, good. like yeah they they told us to choose like 20 songs and then like invite all our friends oh. and so basically that that was my first gig it's but, like an end of school assembly <laughs> it really was <laughs> but it was um it was really scary as well coming to play for the first time was it good but it was really good and I had so many friends that came so it was lovely but how I downloaded the music after that was record pools so basically there's websites that you pay a subscription for Mm. once a month and 10 to 20 pound a month and and there's like unlimited music on there so then you just download so in my head I'm like do you have to pay like a pound per song or something yeah no I mean the only time I would buy music if I was in the middle of a gig and couldn't get the song somewhere and then for instance I played like a um shisha bar and they wanted some Moroccan music and some right. like Arabic music which I wasn't really on these yeah, mainstream websites so I had to download it off iTunes yeah so sometimes you can end up spending money yeah okay well at least it's not every single song I had no idea so the outgoings if you decide to want to be a DJ because I said this is the truth I said a couple of months ago I was like I'm gonna be a DJ <laughs> And then I looked it all up. I was like, I can't afford to be a DJ. But it's quite confusing because a lot of people say, of course you can. If there's a will, there's a way. Then there's the renting stuff. Then I'm like, how do I get the music? So in terms of buying stuff, you're getting your decks or whatever equipment you need. And then you're paying for the subscription to your music. Is that your only yeah. outgoings? Um, yeah, I guess so. Subscription to music and the decks. So it's definitely... the. The initial investment you could spend between, well, yeah, 200 and to a grand, I'd say. Or, you know, like I said, you could go to a pirate studio and you could just put your music on a USB and spend £10 a time. But I wouldn't let the financial side of it put you off because there's definitely a will. Where there's a way, there's a will, there's there's a a way. (laughs) literally no completely I I think you have to be invested in it it's not one of the things you want to just like say I'm going to do it then not because then you're wasting but it looks like so much fun so in terms of actually finding jobs I know you say you put yourself out there on social media but like do people approach you do you have certain websites you look at do you approach places so I've never used like a particular website or agency or anything for gigs Mm. I've never, I don't really know anyone that works with agencies, but mostly, most of the gigs I've got have come from networking, firstly. So my first gig after that one was for a friend. He just asked if I wanted to come and I think, I think he paid me like 30 quid or something. Still. You know, nothing. nothing. In this kind of industry though, any kind of money is a win. Yeah. (laughs) At that time I was like, it's more about the experience. Yeah, of course. Um, and then after that, once I kind of was feeling a bit more established, I did used to reach out to people a lot. So restaurants, bars, and through radio as well. I, there was a time I was um, doing some like work experience at Hoxton Radio, and the guy that runs that, he got me a couple of opportunities actually. I ended up with a residency in Shoreditch, which was every Saturday. Well every other Saturday Mm. and yeah that was really good because it gave me a lot more experience Mm. I definitely think but the smaller residency kind of gigs that you can get at little bars and pubs are definitely really good ones to get because if you've got that regular gig with different types of people 
it definitely helps you learn like how to interact with the crowds, how to read them, because it's not every day that you're just the star of the show and everyone's like, oh, I wonder what she's going to play next. You have to work the crowds and you have to yeah. think this oh, is sure what girl. they want to hear. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, mm. you know. I'm like, I know what you want to hear. I'm I can play read it for you, you. yes. <laughs> So, for instance, at the Euros, we were kind of asked to play um, chill house commercial, but straight away I was like, these people want Come On Eileen and Sweet Caroline. <laughs> and I didn't actually have Come On Eileen. But Who turns Caroline. up to the Euros without Come On Eileen? Even I, I would have turned up with I that. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's because they can, I, at first I thought, well, it's going to be like a really cool, you know, lounge oh, event. Like but no, it was, it was it wasn't it was I mean it was cool but it was very much sweet Caroline <laughs> so, the usual yeah. football lads all yeah. right so you read the room you knew they didn't want any classy music they just wanted the you know the classics let's say yeah so you just exactly. had to, you just had to roll with it yeah and sometimes it's, you know there's you'll do a gig that's like that and it'll be more fun anyway yeah no, that's fair enough. And do you get a bit of freedom when you're usually at these jobs? It really depends exactly on what kind of uh, place it is. But yeah, it's definitely more fun when you do get that freedom. Um, it's annoying. Sometimes you will have people come, like bar managers or club owners come over and be like, oh, we want a bit more of this, we want a bit more of that. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. It's like, who's bit... the professional here? But yeah, All right, well, boss. <laughs> yeah. You kind of have to distinguish like a bit of a middle ground, like listen to your intuition, but also know who's paying you. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. then sometimes you have the audience that want completely different things from the bar manager. Oh, it sounds like a lot to be fair. That sounds like a lot of stress. <laughs> but you're managing but no, it. Yeah, but this is, I mean, this part of DJing is kind of like the work part. So that never, should never really be where you think to start off. It should be from a love for music, really. Yeah. And that's how it started for me, was just loving music and loving being like, oh, that would sound really good with that. And that's, that would sound really good with that. That's the main focus. Where I'm talking about is very much like further on down the road. Okay, so, nice. Yeah. Got it. So in terms of, okay, you're prepared to go, you've trained up. Should you expect to get paid straight away for the mixes you do or for the, the times you turn up? Or is there going to be unpaid work before that, do you think? No, so very rarely will you get paid for mixes. Right. And that's, if you if you do guest mixes on big radio shows, you won't get paid for that either. I think really? You're only, yeah, you're only, well, in, from my experience, you only really get paid for DJing on radio when it's a regular thing. Right, when it's all slot. Yeah. And then for gigs, I think you definitely can... I mean, there's probably people that have been paid from the start, but taking some gigs at the very beginning for a little bit of experience might be worth it. I wouldn't say take, you know, like a wedding gig or anything for free. (laughs) Just like... Kids' birthday party. Um, Baby shark and stuff, none of that, no. (laughs) Kids' birthday. Uh, Yeah, maybe. If that's what you want to be doing, maybe do that for free for the experience. But no, like, try and get paid... No, not me. <laughs> Try and get paid um, from the beginning, but if it's an hour here, an hour there, then mm. sometimes doing that sort of stuff for free is okay. worth it. 
Yeah. All right then. So I'm intrigued about what your favourite event or thing you've DJed at is, and then I want to hear a day in the life. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I know you've done lots of cool things. Euros is definitely one of them. I see you DJ for Nike, right? Yeah. That's wild. So I do, that's a regular slot. And that's, I mean, that's amazing. That was kind of like my biggest goal when I started. That's huge. And that's um, why you started like loving radio, uh, loving DJing, right? Yeah, I would say so. Like full circle. What inspired me. I know, definitely is full circle. And just kind of, uh, I'm going to carry on, hopefully, DJing there for as long as possible. But it does kind of make you think that you can have bigger goals than you even realise. But when the first thing that came to my mind with that question was probably when I DJed for Too Faced Makeup. And that was at ASOS. Very nice. Very nice. Where was it? At at the ASOS HQ. Where is that? So it's in Camden. Okay, very nice. All right. So what time does this start? So this is an event where people attend. Yeah. All right, lovely. It was actually an internal event just for the ASOS staff, but the ASOS HQ is massive. I think there's like hundreds of people that work there. And actually, yeah, this is kind of a good example because for this event, they asked me to provide everything. So, you know, decks, speakers, and I don't have my own like industry standard speakers. So I've had to find a tech provider. So basically I, I found someone to provide speakers actually this company was mm, a little bit bad but i do have a really good company that i use called um kudos audio is it kudos yeah i think so shout out to them um but this company yeah they had to drop off the i had to hire the speakers and right. then drop them off at asos in the morning dedication and then I had, yeah so then i had to get there set up with everything and basically it was Two-Faced Makeup was being launched on the ASOS website. So they were doing like free makeup within the HQ and then kind of just introducing everyone to Two-Faced and then they wanted me to provide the vibe. Oh my God, yes, (laughs) that's that's just the dream. Imagine, what's your job? Just vibe provider, you know, standard. (laughs) Love that. Okay, so what time did this start? Um, I'm setting the scene. Do you know what? Is this an afternoon job? I remember, probably around, yeah, I think it was around like two o'clock or something but yeah it's a full it was an all-day sort of thing I can't remember if back then I might have been working full-time as well so I could have possibly done like a half day at my work and then gone there what was your work Um, without segueing so I was doing like project management and office management at a property marketing kind of company it was completely different from anything is that not is that not your thing wanted to do no but it wasn't my thing and I really ended up not liking it because I wanted to do DJing so much. Yeah. Just a bit boring. But anyway, we we digress, okay? So it's about mm-hmm. two o'clock. What time do you need to get there to set up? How long's the setup process? Oh, you're making me wish I could get up the uh schedule. I think it was it's like an hour setup process and then yeah, you've obviously got to be there and ready with with the kind of like events crew. And luckily that job that I had before was an event, property event. So I definitely oh, did learn cool. a lot of stuff from that, like stupid things of like cable management, making sure there was no like safety hazards and stuff like that. <laughs> they just wanted the really vibes boring. and you were like, that table's not safe. <laughs> like yeah. vibes only, come on now. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll get there, provide the music mm-hmm. and then 
I mean, yeah, it literally was, I think it was like a four-hour gig. So pretty chilled, playing lots of like pop, like Ariana Grande and stuff. And then after that, I obviously had to wait for the speakers to be picked up and taken away, which, yeah, I remember this company took at like, they were late to pick it up and it was just a bit long. But hmm, overall, it was an amazing part. experience. Yeah. And they found me on Instagram as well. So. Wait, they found you? Yeah. That's insane. So you just got a DM one day saying, hey, how do you fancy... Uh, being our dj for our event yeah and i think it's from using i, I used to do this a lot more but you know i feel like i haven't really posted a lot of dj content recently but when i do post dj content i post hashtags with them so i'll hashtag like london dj mm. london event dj i um, see very specific and at first, I was really embarrassed posting that sort of thing because I was like, "Ha hashtag DJ," <laughs> but it works. He got me a job, so he's laughing now. People have started to realise more that hashtags do often work. Yeah, because you you're all about that kind of thing. I'm going to ask you about that because I know you've got a lot of knowledge in that area. But in your day in the life, that was a four hour sesh, two till six ish. Yeah, I would say so. All right, and do you get like the benefit of any drinks or food when you're there? No, it wasn't really oh. like a drinks oh, event, really? but they did my makeup afterwards. All that right, that's nice. that's good enough. Yeah. Two face products, that's not bad. Mm. Oh yeah, and I got bags? free. Yeah, they gave me free product. All right, here we go. I still See, use to this day. It's these little things really that make it for me. Like you're like reaching in to find your products. Yeah, I can <laughs> see it. All right, amazing. So that sounds like a pretty fun day. Like to call that work. Like I know there's a lot of work that goes into it, but like mm. it sounds fun. It is fun, definitely. Oh, um, amazing. I think if you can. I mean, before COVID, mm. I was pretty much living off it and doing, starting to do really well. I could definitely like dips in it. So like up till Christmas you do really well I remember in, in 2019 and then January 2020 it was like cricket and then that's it's really like hard because you're thinking oh well what can I do now but I guess it was my first January 20 it was my first January of being freelance DJing so now I know for the future maybe have something as a backup for when okay. you, you that happens yeah, don't don't get too excited to spend all your money over Christmas and then January. Yeah, like, literally. That's the thing. Nothing happens in January. Everyone's sober, all that jazz. No deal. I can imagine mm. it's tough. I guess freelance life isn't for everyone, but if you know how to manage it, then not too bad. Yeah. All right. I think I'm still learning. Yeah, well, it's a process. You've done it all so quickly. All right, so that day in the life was fabulous. I wish I could have been there. Maybe one day. Um, let's talk about Radio One Extra because you had a guest mix on there, right? Yeah. How yeah. is one to do that? That's insane. Like of all the places to have your mix, like that's where it's at. Yeah, that that was another big goal of mine, and I've been wanting to do it for for ages. But sometimes I think I have often ran before I could walk. <laughs> so I think I'd probably I can't remember how maybe message a few people a while ago saying like oh please can I do a mix for you and obviously you don't hear anything but yeah recently I've definitely been feeling a lot more kind of confident in my skills and stuff so I messaged a few people I think I messaged a few people from BBC on LinkedIn and then didn't, nothing really came from it but then I found um, 
Sean Anderson, well, I followed her on Instagram and messaged her. And I just, I just asked, like, could I do a mix? And she was like, oh, yeah, let me put, put you in touch with my producer. So really it just comes from, like, reaching out to the right people. Because she was, she's the presenter on the BBC One Extra show I guest mixed. Yeah. But it comes down to timing as well. Like, I guess I was ready at that point and I was able to do a mix that was really fun as well. I did, like, a drill remix mix. Nice. And... And really enjoyed making mix as well. Sometimes you can, you know, you'll be given an opportunity to do something and you're like, have no ideas. So you just do it. And it's like, it's nice to obviously tick that off your list, but it's also nice to make sure that the thing that you've submitted is like something you really are proud of as well. Yeah, that's the best. So you enjoyed it. You're happy. And did you sit there listening to it? Like, mm, yeah, what time is it I on? I think I went on. So they, they didn't end up, they kind of like tagged me in it and I and they hadn't told me what day it was going to be. Um, you missed it, didn't you? No, no, no. So I was literally, it was literally like Mad Simon later on in the hey. show. And I was like, what? No, someone messaged me saying, oh, you're on tonight. And I was like, am I? They didn't tell me. Oh my um, God. And then I obviously tuned in on time and then I think I went on Instagram Live when I was listening to it. And I was, oh yeah, I was just so happy. I was loving it. That's the best. I was definitely like the happiest I've ever looked. Oh my God, that is the best. I know that feeling when you're like, oh my God, I have just reached a goal. Like it, you can't describe yeah. how good it feels. Yeah, definitely. Like that's one of the things that, that everyone should do, I think, is just set big goals, go for them, but enjoy yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And definitely once you kind of reach some goals, you kind of realise like, have I enjoyed the process? Have I like given myself enough just love basically and like Mm. or are you only loving yourself when you get these big achievements which is not the how we should live you know the achievements are there but we should love and appreciate ourselves even when we're failing and work whilst we're learning that's so true it's true you just look at these one this one goal up there and all you do is climb and claw and then you get there like whoa that's done now what Mm -hmm. it's like no calm down strip it back and it's jobs like that that are so fun you just got to live in the moment I guess exactly oh nice and I know that's not the only thing you've got going on right I see that you've got a little little company is that correct yeah a little creative digital studio or something wild like that (laughs) casual research (laughs) well so that kind of came up out of um basically when we had the lockdown I was obviously like well I'm not making any money and I've always really enjoyed creating artwork and just like branding, I guess you could say. So I was making a couple of, I was making myself a website at the time. And just, I think I had asked to create artwork for some of the artists that I know. And then basically started looking at social media management. And I took a couple of courses for, from people that I saw. I think mainly from TikTok and they were like quite a big investment to go like 500 pound maybe for one of these courses but it kind of helped me learn and work out how to set up a business and yeah now I kind of have established that by day I do social media management and graphic design that's crazy (laughs) so you've just basically you've got two businesses because you're yourself a business right and then you've got this as well yes entrepreneur honey yes had to work it all out with with regards to 
finances mm. but yeah now I'm trying to be the boss woman that we we all want to be and yeah, <laughs> you're in your pink room in your pink outfit <laughs> like I'm just trying to be a boss <laughs> I'm just trying to be a mouse. no but it's mainly also for safety like I just want to be I just want to be appreciated. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to make sure if we have another pandemic, I have something. Yeah, out. that sounds um, smart. Because you can't make money as a DJ from home, or you can, but just not a lot. Not so. easily. How many? Yeah. Really? How many jobs are there out there online for DJs? It's, it's still pretty tough, right? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, do you know what's next? Have you got things lined up? So I do have things lined up. I have a kiss fresh guest mix wait i, I saw so. that avatar i saw your name because i was looking through there's a couple of people that were on i was like i know that name that's yeah. big that's huge so, when they sent me that artwork i was deep in covid depression so i was just i just kind of posted it and was like oh. but yeah <laughs> i'm soon happening. gonna soon gonna milk milk it and do should. a toast nice because i'm taking over the whole kiss fm show for two hours that's episode, incredible so this really Saturday, excited. yeah. Hold up! Oh my god! Make sure we get this episode out before then, so we can uh, <laughs> bit of extra promo. Oh my god! Amazing! Congrats! Yeah. I guess. Okay, the final thing I want to know from you is if you had one piece of advice for people looking to follow in your footsteps, what would it be? I'd say do everything from a place of love and desire, and build community and network. Those are the things that are important, I think. Very nice. And you know what? That was succinct as well. That was that was really easy. Thank you. <laughs> well, I feel like I've learned so much today and I know that a lot of people that are wanting to follow in your footsteps are going to feel the same. So thank you very much for sharing all your wisdom. Mm-hmm.